You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OK Sis, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics, such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello, sweet sisters. I feel like I start every episode with that like weird inflection in my voice. I think it's just the way that I ease into it, ooze my my way into the solo. But hello, it's Mads. And we're back. We're back with another TGIF. It's fucking Friday. I feel like I also say that every single episode because it's something to celebrate. You guys, we're trying to celebrate the little wins. Is everyone writing three simple pleasures that they have experienced every day at the end of their day before they go to bed? If you're not doing that, let's let's get it together. If you don't listen to the rest of OK Sis, then you probably never heard this. But every night we have got to write in our journal three simple pleasures that we experienced that day, as well as three moments where we felt pride, self-pride. So sorry, inner pride. <laughs> I highly encourage you do this. Since I started doing that every single night. One, it's a great 
recap of your day. Like I sit there, it takes two minutes, right? But I sit there and I kind of comb through the day. I do a replay of the day and it's so fun. I'm like, oh yeah, remember that thing that happened? Oh yeah, remember when I cooked every meal? I'm so proud of myself for that. Or remember when I took a walk and I felt so good after, or I had my, I made my favorite hojicha drink. I think that's how you say it. I apologize if I'm pronouncing it wrong, but you know, just kind of take stock and be grateful for the little simple part. Because guys, guess what? Guess what? Lean in, lean in close. It's the little things. Guys, you've heard it many a time. You've heard it many a time, but until you write in your little journal at the end of every night, three things, three simple pleasures, then you're not going to really let that sink in. You know, it's the little things in life. Okay. That phrase is very corny and that's fine because that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about cringe and corniness. And so there's a reason things are corny. There's a reason that there are sayings that are super cliche because they actually mean something. It's kind of this, it's a similar energy of when people say that things are basic and they then don't like them. Guys, things are basic because they're popular. Like people like them. So stop saying that basic things are bad. Basic things are fine. It's the same as corniness and cringiness. There's a reason it exists and we're going to get into it. We're going to get real deep. But first, of course, a little Mads Life update, you know? So last weekend, I went to my best friend from college's wedding. It was in San Luis Obispo, which is basically in Central California. We rented an Airbnb for like 10 of my friends. And it was just a delightful weekend, spending it with old college friends in this beautiful rural area. She got married at the White Barn in Edna Valley. And it was just like, it was just that. It was a white barn in the middle of a valley. And it was spectacular, just completely breathtaking, gorgeous. And I was saying, I said this in my TikTok, this was the first wedding ceremony. Like I had another um, really good friend of mine from college get married, but she eloped and then we just had the, the party. But this was like the first time I've watched someone get married in a ceremony other than my sister's where I felt truly invested in this relationship. Like I've been there from the very beginning. I know them so well and it was surreal. I felt like such an adult. I can't believe I'm at this age where my friends are getting married. It's just, it's insane. And you know, I'm itching ever since, and this happens to everyone. I feel like ever since all my friends started getting engaged and married, you know, you start to think you start to, uh, you're like, Hey, maybe I should get married. <laughs> so, I mean, guys, like I'm not, I'm not even close to engaged. Don't worry. But Benjun and I dabble. We dabble in the conversation. It's something we're working towards. I think it's not, it's definitely not something to take lightly. I feel like I've seen a lot of people take it lightly just because everyone else around them is doing it or whatever the case is. But I feel like we have so much time in our lives and I I want to take it slow. I want to be very intentional. And when the time is right, the time is right. But obviously Ben and June and I are completely dedicated to each other, but it's more so about this deeper understanding of like what marriage means to us. How do we want to define it? I think specifically in society, we have preconceived notions around like what marriage should look like, what's a successful one. It's kind of the similar energy of success, right? 
people think that there's like one definition of success, which is so not true. Success is something that you personally define on your own terms. And I think marriage is the same, but for some reason it doesn't feel like people define it on their own. Does that make sense? Wow. I didn't think I was going to get so philosophical. Philosopher Mads about talking about marriage, but you guys will, you'll believe me, you will know if and when I'm engaged. Okay. Don't you worry. Okay. So we went to the wedding. It was so fun. We danced our tuchuses off. I wore this amazing dress from Princess Polly that I wore to my sister's book release party. And I literally haven't worn it since. So that was really fun. And I changed into Birkenstocks halfway, of course, because I really wanted to dance a lot. And we drank like sailors. You know, that, that phrasing, is that derogatory towards sailors? I think so. Like, why are sailors drunk? Also, like you're operating a vehicle, you're operating a boat. Like you should not be drunk while you're sailing. Anywho, we were drinking like sailors and then we went to this after party um, at this brewery. Just again, dance, dance, danced. It was fantastic. A great, great night. And then our on our way home, we stopped off in Mendocino and really felt like Oprah or Meghan Markle, you know, living that high life. Went to this incredible brunch spot called Janine's. And just, I think I belong in Mendocino. Am I saying Mendocino? Sorry, Montecito. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Wow. I think I belong in Montecito. That area is just quintessential charm, cozy vibes by the beach, just this little street of just trinkets. I love it. You know, you know me, I love like a home goods trinket store. There's tons of those. There's just love it. I loved it. Montecito. Anyways, great manifestation area to go to if you live in California. Now we are, we're back home. We are back and I'm so excited for even just this weekend. I'm heading to San Diego for Father's Day and then I'm going to Palm Springs for a little staycation with my mom and then we're, we're back in the race. That didn't make any sense. All right. I just want to give a little overview of some TV I've been watching, a little TV corner, if you will. I finally watched Love is Blind. I don't know what happened, why I didn't watch it with everyone else, which is very unlike me because I am a person that needs to be part of the zeitgeist. So I typically watch everything when everyone else is watching it. And then if I don't, I just end up not watching the thing because I'm like, I don't have anyone to talk to about it. But something was different with Love is Blind. I just needed something so like that turned off my brain. So I just started watching it and everyone was right. The season was immaculate. Just absolutely 10 out of 10 television, incredible. I don't think I've watched like the last two seasons of Love is Blind, but I thoroughly enjoyed myself. And yes, the reunion was unhinged. Vanessa Lachey, like what was going on? She kept interrupting and asking people if they wanted to have babies. It was just, it was a whole situation, but I loved it. So if you're looking for just like mindless TV to put on in the background, Love is Blind, baby, season four, I want to say. Then Benjun and I watched the Smartless documentary. We've been big fans of Smartless. I wanted to hate that podcast because it's like, ugh, you know, celebrities coming into the podcast space and then just completely, you know, dominating, right? But I listened and it is true. It is an incredible podcast. Their banter and Will Arnett, I have the biggest crush on Will Arnett. Now I think he's like 
top one celebrity crush right now. I'm obsessed with him. He's so funny. I'm so sad him and Amy Poehler didn't work out because I just feel like that marriage and that household would be so, so funny. But obviously we don't know what happens behind closed doors, but he seems like just the most fun to just hang out with all day. Anyways, if you haven't watched the Smartless documentary, I highly recommend it. It is on Max. And it's basically showcasing them going on their podcast tour. And it's just so funny because I mean, there's never been a, a documentary about a podcast tour. So it's very novel, kind of feels like just that. It's literally just them going from luxury hotel to luxury hotel on a private jet from show to show, talking about like what they're going to eat the next day and talking about like their poop schedules. It's actually the best thing I've seen in a while. And I highly recommend it. It's very, it's like nothing I've seen before. And then I don't really want to talk about the Vanderpump reunion. I did a whole episode on it. Like it's done. Scandal's done. I went to Schwartz and Sandy's, but it was closed. I think it was, it's closed on Tuesdays. I went to a comedy show that was right near there. And so I wanted to just go in, but it was closed. So I took a selfie of the, of the sign, but I really do want to go, go, like go in it and see what, and report from the ground floor. You know what I mean? And I also want to go to Sir. I've never been to Sir, which is so fascinating. I mean, it's like super gauche and campy, but again, I just want to like go and just see what, see what the big deal is over there. Another show we've been watching is Platonic. It's on Apple TV. It's with Rose Byrne and Seth Rogen. So good. Just again, I, I've been, I, I haven't had a show. I haven't had like a show that we've been so excited about and that I'm constantly watching. It feels like things have been slower recently. So when I discovered Platonic, I got so excited. Me and Benjamin have been watching it and absolutely loving it. The writing is great. The premise is great. Treat yourself to Platonic. And then one show that I'm looking forward to, that you're looking forward to, that everyone in the fucking universe is looking forward to, The Summer I Turn Pretty, season two. Oh my God. Also the trailer, go watch the trailer and try not to cry. I dare you. I was tearing up. My heart was beating a thousand miles a minute. It was this Taylor Swift August rendition that someone posted on TikTok being like, this is what summer feels like. Like this is what a, this is how this song is supposed to be portrayed. It's like has seagulls in the background and like the waves crashing. Like, oh God. The summer after birdie makes me want to like summer. I've said this on the podcast before. I am not a summer girly. Kenzie Elizabeth said it. She gets reverse seasonal depression. Same. I hate the summer. I hate wearing less clothing. I hate showing my arms. I hate just, I feel very uncomfortable and hot and my legs chafe together. It's just not comfortable for me. I like to be cozy all the time. So summer is not really my jam. But when I watch this show, like something ignites in me. It's like when I watch Aquamarine, that's the show I always watch, or sorry, show, movie I always watch to start the summer and get me in the summer mood. You know what I mean? And that in like Parent Trap or, you know, anything that involves a camp and an ocean. Sign me up. So summer I turn pretty. I'm counting down the days. All right. Something that I'm working on this week. This is going to be kind of abstract, but let's just, let's just follow a little thought experiment here. I learned a really valuable lesson this week. And the, the lesson is which fear do I want to listen to? Okay, let me let me back up. We all know that we should not, fear should not dictate our actions. We should not operate out of a place of fear. We should also not not do something because of fear, right? 
every self-help book, every spirituality is befriend fear, embody the fear, move through the fear and do it anyways, right? On the other side of fear is magnetism, is expansion, is growth. These are all things like fear should be your best friend, right? You've heard this a million times. But what I learned this week is there are certain fears. Like I've been, I've been untangling the different kinds of fears in my life and which ones to actually listen to. Before I might've thought, oh, if I fear it, then let's move through it and do it anyways, right? But sometimes there are fears where it's actually telling you, hey, this is a boundary or hey, this is actually guiding you in the wrong direction. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA grown, eco conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans 
jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS, O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. And there are fears where you like, and you'll know it, you'll know when you feel it in your entire body. It's a whole body yes, but there's fear, right? So let me give you an example. Last year, I, you know, joined this tech founder house community thing and I really loved it. It was with all female founders and I, I found a lot of friends and a lot of network connections through it. But as a result, I was kind of thrown into the tech community here in Los Angeles and the tech world. And as a result, the investor world and whatever that that like twitter and and vcs and tech people and a lot of bro culture right so i was thrown into that and i was really grateful because i was you know about to raise our pre-seed for camber so i really did need to be engrossed in that community but it was la tech week i mean it was la tech week like last week but last year's la tech week i had one of the darkest darkest depressions of my life and this deep deep anxiety around being associated with that community and also like putting myself in those rooms and showing up in those rooms. And for that whole week, I was like, no, this is just fear. Go, go through it, move through it, just show up. And you know, it's, it's scary, but you're going to make connections and you're going to do this and it's good for your business. Da, 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 da. And that was the kind of attitude. And I did show up for a lot of things. Some of them, I, the fear did get to me and I ran away, (laughs) but I went into this very, very dark depression afterwards. And I kind of remember that feeling and I've ruminated on it and I'm like, well, maybe, you know, I let fear get to me and maybe, you know, I'm, I'm playing the victim because I just like couldn't step out of my comfort zone and, and, you know, show up with confidence and like, that's my fault. And all of these things kept tumbling in my brain. But something happened this week where me and my co-founder, Lauren, we were talking about different ways that we could monetize Camber and where the business is going and what that direction is. And I have been super, super open. I've been reading this book called You Are a Badass at Making Money. I think I've mentioned it by Jen Sincero. Every single person listening to this, please go and purchase this book. Purchase this book. If you want to up-level in your worthiness to making a shit ton of money. If you want to completely eliminate every limiting belief you've had about money and about whatever your money relation, if you want to shift your money relationship, you need to read this book. You are so capable on making a shit ton of money and you actually, it's your birthright. Like you deserve it and you're worthy of it. And this book shows you the type of mindset and mentality you need to get into to start generating a ton of wealth. Just read it. She 
is also insanely funny. So it's a great read. I hate books that are more like self-help and yada, yada, that are just so dry. She makes it so fun to read and engaging. So I highly recommend it. You'll read it in like, just read it every morning, 30 minutes, and you'll be done in like a week. And there's so many beautiful takeaways. And I've been seeing such a shift in my body language, the way I'm showing up and the way I'm talking. Anyways, that's all to say, she also talks about fear, of course. Everyone in a self-help, in a spirituality book is gonna talk about fear and about how you need to walk through it and go through it to get to the other side and not let it shrink you. And this week, we are talking about different ways to make money and there's this one new situation on TikTok, a new avenue for us to monetize. And you know we need to, basic, there's a deadline in like two weeks. And I was like, okay, let's do it, right? Let's just go for it. Let's make this type of content. Let's put it out there and let's go for it because the upside is phenomenal, right? We could make a shit ton of money. We could reach a whole other, like we can make really premium content and uh, the downside is it doesn't work and we don't make money, but then we can just kind of repurpose that content elsewhere. But a lot of fear crept in, right? Fear of the deadline, not being able to do it in time. I also wanted to involve a lot of other creators that I know in my network in the series, in the content. So I had to, it was very uncomfortable, but I had to reach out and ask them and say, hey, will you be in this series with me? And, you know, I want to compensate you this way and all these things. And so there was all this fear and like fear of it failing, fear of it, whatever. But I noticed the stark, stark difference in the types of fear and how it manifested in my body. The fear of the LA Tech Week and me being in that position and me putting myself out there in that way didn't feel right. It didn't sit right in my gut. And I really don't know how else to explain it other than it was a physical embodiment. And this week, there was no no doubt in my mind that I would persevere through this fear. When I felt the fear initially, I'm like, no, 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 or not even, no, no, no. Okay, great. I feel the fear. Let's move through it. And I'm going to do it anyways. And I'm going to put myself out there. And every single person that I asked to be involved in the series said yes. And I'm so grateful for that. And I think about, you know, when we fear, we're fearing like the worst possible scenarios. So I kind of shifted my brain. I was like, what is the best possible outcome? The best possible outcome is that this becomes like a very popular series, like a carpool karaoke, for instance. And we're having like big, big creators or celebrities beg to come on the series. And, you know, it's this massive success and we're making a lot of money from it. And that's like the con- another content arm and stream of revenue for us for Camber. That's like, and imagine if I let the fear of me not reaching out to my friend to be in the series and then therefore missing the deadline and therefore not posting it. Imagine if I let my fear stop that. Whereas this outcome, this beautiful outcome that I can like feel in my body, the relief and the joy and the beauty that that could bring, I wouldn't be able to experience that. And I know in my bones that that's the potential. You know what I mean? So (laughs) that's a long-winded way to say, that's what I'm working on is recognizing that there are good and bad fears there are things that are you're willing to struggle for and that feel good in your body, no matter how scary it feels, it still is this like unwavering belief. And that's that's an indication that you can start to use in terms of, oh, does this feel good? Oh, am I going in the right direction? Yes or no. So the tech stuff, 
I think it was okay that I was fearful of that. And I think it was a good way for me to know, oh, hey, this is not the way I want. This is not the direction I'm looking for at this time. Whereas content and community and TikTok, things that really light me up. Yes, there's fear around it, but it's fear I want to play with. It's fear I really desire to play with. So choose the fear that you're more so excited to befriend. I hope that that felt good for you as well. Like that's just something I've been I've been toying with lately. But the meat of the episode is about cringiness. And we're going to get into this cuz it seems like there's a I feel like every, you know, quarter there's another motivational thing that happens on TikTok. First it was lucky girl syndrome, then it was like stay delusional, like be delusional in your dreams and such, kind of goes in hand in hand. And this next one is like be cringy, embrace the cringe. Now, I'm going to reference the book again, You Are a Badass and Making Money, a quote that like don't you love when you read something or you hear something and it like oh, the revelation just like clicks for you and you're like, holy shit, yes. So this was one of those moments where she's basically detailing that she hires a coach to help her with her consultancy business and her coaching business. And she's she hired a business coach to help her set up her website and you know put together all the marketing strategies and flows, whatever. And the coach says, okay, you know, you need to do, you need to put a banner on your website with your fo- your name and or your photo and all these things. And this is the flow and you're going to do whatever. And Jen, the author is like, is there any less corny way to do this? Like I just putting a photo on my website and telling, you know, being like slash prices at this time or like early bird prices and just being like super salesy and da 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 feels very corny. Like, is there any other way to do this? And she even says, I know that this, this method is tried and true and it literally is proven method to work, but I just feel like it's corny and I'm scared of what people will think, my family, my friends, whatever, when they see this. And this is what the coach said to her. Would you rather be broke and cool or corny and rich? And that just took me out of my body because I've been resisting a lot of like salesy things and marketing da 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 because and like asking for what I deserve and all these things because or, or even just showing up on TikTok selling your services, your products, whatever, doing early bird pricing, being kind of like cringy and out there. I just thought like, oh, that's not my authentic nature, right? Like I'm a cool girl and like that doesn't feel right to me. Whereas it's not about authenticity or if you're a cool person, that's not what it is at all. It's more so that I didn't want people to think I was corny or didn't want people to think I was cringy. It all came back down to what do others think of me? And that's when I knew that I needed to shed that belief. And oh my God, would you rather be broke and cool or rich and corny? Like, hello, of course you want to be rich and corny. Who the fuck cares? Who the fuck cares about being cool? I don't know. I I just really had a revelation in that moment. But it reminded me a lot of this cringe movement on TikTok. And it seems that being cringy at least in the beginning of a project, at least when you're starting something, being cringy is necessary to the process. It is a prerequisite to your success. And a lot of people, a lot of people can't get over that. 
They want to be broken cool. They want to stay stagnant. They want to be cool and look cool for the people around them. And this is the thing. It reminded me of this Ira Glass quote, which I've definitely mentioned on the podcast before because it inspired me during my 100-day challenge when I posted on TikTok every day for 100 days. There's this creative gap. And I'm going to read you the quote just to remind everyone. This is by Ira Glass. Nobody tells this to people who are beginners. I wish someone told me. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste, but there is this gap. For the first couple of years, you make stuff and it's just not good. It's trying to be good. It has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you in the game is still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase, the cool phase, right? This is, sorry, this is me. This is me, Mads, inserting myself. So that's the cool phase. That's the, you try, you try. Oh, this is cringy. This is weird. It's not, it's not coming out. It's not computing the way that I have it in my head. It's not showing up that way. So I'm going to just give up, right? Okay, back to the quote. A lot of people never get past this phase and they quit. Most people I know who do interesting creative work went through years of this. We know our work doesn't have this special thing that we want it to have. We all go through this. And if you're just starting out or you're still in this phase, you gotta know it's normal. And the most important thing you can do is a lot of work. Put yourself on a deadline so that every week you will finish one story. It is only by going through a volume of work that you will close that gap. And your work will be as good as your ambitions. And I took longer to figure out how to do this than anyone I've ever met. It's going to take a while. It's normal to take a while. You've just got to fight your way through. So the cringiness and the corniness, that's the gap, right? And so with repetition, with volume and with time, you close that gap inch by inch. And then the thing in your head, the taste, the idea, the whatever you're envisioning in your head of what it's supposed to look like and what you actually produce becomes the same, but it's not the same in the beginning, right? After you get over that hump of cringiness and corniness, you then meet that success, that up level, that like, it's the same energy of when you're posting on stories or on, uh, when you're just starting out, you want to be like a content creator. You have to pretend like you're tinks, right? You have to pretend you have a million followers. That's just the only way you have to pretend like you're already there and have that success, Because that's the type of energy that even though it might seem cringy in the beginning, because you're like, wait, you have no followers. Like, why are you posting like this? You know, that's probably what your high school friend is thinking. And also like, go block them. Why the fuck do you care what they think? Right. But that's probably why, what fear you have where you're like, oh, my high school friend is probably going to see this and be like, why are you posting like tanks? You're not, you have 2000 followers, but you got to keep going. You gotta be fucking cringy. You gotta embrace it. You gotta be like, I know the end game here. The end game is me having fucking a million followers after this cringiness creative gap is done. And I'm gonna be making a shit ton of money. I'm gonna have an awesome community, an incredible network, and I'm gonna be a leader. That's the feeling that you need to remember as you're in this awkward, weird phase. And you have, you cannot quit. You got to keep like mud. It's like that army, you know, you go, you're like pushing through men. I'm thinking of like cadet Kelly when she's like pushing through the mud. It's like, we're cringy, but we're doing it guys. People who do this and get over the like cringe. And just so you know, every single person that you see that is successful had this cringy face. Remember that it's really endearing actually to think about that. Tinks had a cringy face, had a corniness face. So just remember that as you're moving through it. So 
I think I'm still in my cringy phase. I actually think I need to go through a new cringy phase, even though I have, uh, for Camber, have quite a few, you know, we have like 55,000 followers. I think we have a really amazing, steady community, but I'm ready to like go up a notch in the cringiness. I'm ready to like pump it up. Okay. Like I'm posting on stories more for Camber. Usually I didn't do that. I'm posting more my face on Instagram, which I didn't do that usually. We're like, we're amping it up. We're amplifying the cringe because I know what's on the other side of that. Because look, I was cringy in the beginning when Camber had 1,000 followers and look at where we are now. So imagine if I just bumped it up and just kept putting myself out there time and time again, we're gonna get ourselves, we're gonna get ourselves to 100,000, you guys. Easy. Easy. Also, like, just a little mantra for you, something to consider. Stop caring what people from your high school think. I fall into this. This is also for me. This is a reminder for myself. If it helps you, go through your followers and just have them not see your story or, like, block them from your story or block them from any of your new content. You don't need to, like, block them, block them, but just, like, hide them from your story. I sometimes do that. I'm just letting you know. You guys can do that. Go through who you follow who, who follows you and just hide them from your story. If you think that will make, if that will make it easier for you to show up and make sure you're talking to your right audience and the right people. I also no longer let fear dictate my actions. I said this in the beginning and it was really clear to me this week when I felt a lot of fear about this new project, but I did it anyway. And I used it as fuel. I saw the fear and I took a walk, my silent walk also like we're going viral on TikTok, guys. We started a fucking revolution. We started a movement, the silent walk movement. I'm so happy that it's resonating with everyone. But I went on one of my silent walks to like fully feel the fear. I let myself 30 minutes, just me and the fear. And I walked. And by the end of the walk, the fear was gone. And I had a game plan. I'm going to text this, this, this person, this person. I'm going to do the X, Y, and Z today. And that's it. That's all I needed to do to walk through the fear today. Tomorrow, there's another set of stuff for the fear. But that just today, that's what I need to do. And I did it. And it was great. Just don't, and don't ignore it, right? Like, I really encourage you to take that 30-minute walk and feel it. Like, feel weird. Feel your heart racing. Feel like like the weird gut thing in your butt and like, you know, when your stomach feels like it fell into your butthole, like feel that, like feel that as you're walking and just like breathe through it, let it come through you. And then the answers will be there at the end of the walk. I promise you there is something so beautiful about this 30 minute silent walk where you just are able to fucking process. You're able to process your emotions. When do we do that? We don't do it. We either ignore it, we stuff it down, or we let it bubble so much to the surface that it just comes out in this eruption. Whereas if you just gave yourself 30 minutes a day to fully, fully feel, it would pass. It would totally pass. And then you would have exact guidelines. Your intuition is so smart. It's just trying to talk to you, but you're not giving it space to communicate with you. Anyways, I hope this week you guys can work towards closing that gap inch by inch, day by day, and think about that end game, right? Think about that and say, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to be cringy as fuck today because you deserve to have every one of your desires fulfilled and every dream that you can conjure up in your head is yours to take. If you guys haven't listened to Scout's solo episode about desires, go back and listen to it. A lot of this is, is similar type of energy where everything you desire you get to have. And if you don't feel that right now, 
listen to that episode and then read You Are a Badass and Making Money, I promise you, your mindset is going to start to shift. Anyways, I love you. I love you guys so much. This was a really cathartic episode for me. I hope you have the best weekend. Send me some voice notes, slide into the DMs at Maddie Mayo. And I love you so much and have the best fucking weekend of your life, girly. Bye. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.